Jesus, I just thank you for, for everything that you have done for us. God, I ask that, that right now, God, that, that you just the power of your presence would just come and just touch each one of our lives. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the title of today's message is The Necessity of Christ. So my question to you is, rhetorically, we don't have to answer, rhetorical question to you is, what is a need? Like by definition, what is a need? You know, because we are in a season right now where sometimes we mix up necessities and wants, right? I mean, we just do. It's, it, it's human nature, but we will oftentimes miscategorize need or wants as needs. Every parent knows what this is like. But dad, I need this. Please, mom, you have no idea how bad I need this. Do you? Do you really need it? Or is it just something that you really want? And wants aren't bad. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Wants are not bad. Having desires are not a wrong thing at all. But we have to make sure that we understand the difference between necessities and wants. It has been proven we were doing, I mean, and this is funny though, because this is something like you learn when you're a kid and then all of a sudden you just kind of take it for granted all throughout life. But my daughter in earth science or whatever it is, you know, she was learning about the four basic needs that a human being needs to live. Anybody know what they are? Coffee. Coffee? No, yeah. <laughs> Coffee, number one. All right. It's, uh, no. We have light. Light, food, water, and air. Those are literally the four things that we need to live. To be able for life to be sustained, light, air, food, and water. And in order for us to continue living, we need all four of those things. You do without one of those four things, it doesn't end well. I can hold my breath for two minutes. I cannot hold my breath for two minutes, but if somebody who can, that's an incredible thing. But eventually, they can't hold their breath forever, right? I'm going to go on a hunger strike until I get my way. Good luck with that. It's either going to end with you giving in and eating or you're going to die because you have to have food to survive. I can live in total darkness forever. No, you can't. We need those things in our life. So if we know that those are the necessities of life, what if I were to tell you that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all four of those things? In John 1, chapter 6, verse 9, or 6 through 9, excuse me. Chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. It says, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. 
John the Baptist was talking about Jesus. Now, some people are like, oh, no, how do you know that, Chris? Well, I'll tell you, because then later on in John chapter 8, Jesus himself says this. John chapter 8. He says this. He says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus Christ is the light. He is the light of the world. He is, that is the very first thing that we had on our list. The very thing that we need, the necessity that we need is light. And it says that John the Baptist came to tell about him and Jesus fulfilled that. And he says, I am the light. The second thing on our list was air. We need air to breathe, right? No matter how badly we may want to hold our breath and think that we can go without it, you can't. I can swim under the water for just so long before I have to come up and take a breath. I have to have a breath of life, right? In John chapter 20, Jesus says this. Again, he said, this is Jesus. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus, this is after he was resurrected. He, come, he came back and he was, he was talking to his disciples. And he said, now receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed the breath of life on them. In Lamentations chapter 4, we don't have that one on the screen. It actually talks about it's, it, it's, it's an old prophecy about the Christ. And it talks about how the Christ is the breath of our nostrils. And I thought, man, that, that is really cool because I never heard that. It was this breath of life that is in our nostrils is what it says. And that is who the Christ is. That last song that we sing, Jesus, I need you more than the air that I breathe. The reality is, is that we need the air that we breathe to live naturally. And we need him even more in our life in order to actually be alive spiritually. We need him more. There is a necessity of Christ that we have to begin to understand that is in our life that has to be there. It cannot just be an option. It has to be a necessity. The third thing on the list that Jesus fulfills that we need in order to live is food. Right? And what does Jesus say about himself in John chapter 6? Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You see, Jesus is the fulfillment of that need for sustenance in our life. The very thing that will sustain you is Christ and Christ alone. 
There's that old hymn, In Christ Alone I Place My Trust, right? And that's such an easy thing to say or to sing, but boy, is that hard to do sometimes. In Christ alone, I place my trust as long as it looks like this. As long as I don't really have to trust, I'll trust God. But Jesus tells us, I am the bread of life. And he says, take of me and you will never be hungry again. He's not talking about in a natural sense of never needing food. He's talking about in a spiritual sense, he will fulfill everything that you are lacking, everything that you need, all those things that all the nourishment that your spirit needs in order to grow strong, in order to be able to do what you're supposed to do. He is the fulfillment of that when he says, I am the bread of life. The fourth thing that we need is water. And there's a prophecy back in Isaiah chapter 55 where it says this. It says, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no mercy, or money, excuse me, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Other translations of this, it actually starts with this word where he says, Ho! Come! It's a calling out. When he's saying come, it's a crying out and a calling out for everyone to come to the waters and get what they need. Come, everyone who thirsts, and come to the waters. And then he even just dispels all the excuses. Oh, but I don't have enough money to come. He who has no money, come, buy and eat. Well, how am I going to buy if I don't have money? Because he's there to give it to you. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. That was written about 600 years before Christ. And then in John chapter 4, where Jesus is meeting with the woman at the well... I'm sorry, John chapter 7, excuse me, I said 4. I meant John chapter 7 first. He says this. Then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that the rivers of living water were burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. You see, Jesus was actually referring back to the prophecy of Isaiah. That prophecy that all those people were familiar with and they understood that, man, there's going to come a moment where God is saying, come and buy and come to me if you're thirsty. And Jesus says, this is me. This is me. I am the fulfillment of that. He is quoting scripture and saying, that has been done right now with me in front of you. Then in John chapter 4, it says this. He's talking to the woman at the well and Jesus replied, he says, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you're speaking to, You would ask me, and I would give you living water. 
But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do do you think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon again become thirsty. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. She then goes on to say, well, I want this water because she's thinking from a very temporal, from a very natural perspective. And he again reveals himself to her as the Christ, as the one who is the fulfillment of these very prophecies that she was even familiar with. And he's saying there is this, it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within you that will give you eternal life. Many years ago, Chrissy and I went up to Alaska with some friends of ours. And we were helping out with it with a church event up there. And they took us to this spring. And it was a bubbling spring that just came out of the ground. And this is where most people in that town got their drinking water. And it had just been forever. I mean, I have no idea how long. For as long as they know about, this is where the water's been coming out. Never ran dry. It's always been there, always fresh, and it just continually comes out. And every time I read that scripture, that is what I think of. It is this bubbling spring that just continues to flow, that is always fresh, that is never stagnant. Also, when we were in Alaska, we saw some other ponds that were not fresh. (laughs) You know, a lot of those ones like where the moose like to hang out, they're just bogs. I'm not drinking that but I'll drink where that fresh water comes out. And the problem is, though, is that so often we sit there and we settle for the stagnant instead of reaching for the bubbling brook that is coming alive inside of us. You see, even that woman at the well there, she was asking Jesus because she didn't understand who he was and she kept asking him and she was referring back to Jacob Don't you see all those who came before us? How are you better than them? Because her mind was always set on what was before, not what was before her. And so often we do the exact same thing. We sit and think, yeah, but okay, God, I mean, I know you say that you are the light of the world. I know that you say that you are the air that we need to breathe. I know that you say you are the living bread and you are the living water, but I have this really nice bog over here that's treating me okay. And then we wonder why we don't get the sustenance in our own lives, in our own spiritual life to actually be able to not just be alive, but to actually thrive. And it's because we don't look at Christ as a necessity. The hard truth is that sometimes... And all of us. I mean, this is something that God was dealing with me on. I'm like, thanks, God. I'm like, I don't really like to talk about this because, you know, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to preach on this, right? But I, I like to preach on things that God is dealing with me on because 
I know what it, how it feels. And the reality is, is that God was showing me some areas of my life where I had reduced Jesus to a peripheral instead of a necessity. Now, I'm sure none of you guys have ever done that. Don't worry, but I have. And the crazy thing is, is that even just in life, everyday life, I have found myself taking the necessities of basic life for granted. I don't even think about the fact that I can breathe. I don't think about the fact that the sun comes up every morning. I don't worry about where my next meal is going to come from or if I'm going to have something to drink. The reality is is that whenever any of those things need to be addressed, I just say, okay, and I just get them addressed. And I take for granted these very things that are so necessary. And what happens whenever I begin to take things for granted? I begin to be entitled. And when I begin to be entitled... I lose an attitude of gratitude. I turn myself into something. Oh, it'll be fine. Oh, yeah, that'll be there. Oh, yeah, that'll be this. And I lose the thankfulness that God is wanting me to remember. As we begin to think about the things that even just in the natural, man, you know, the sun is out today. And I'm so glad because it's much warmer when the sun's out than when it's not at night, right? When I was up on the roof yesterday hanging Christmas lights, I was glad the sun was out. Because when it went behind the cloud, it was not nearly as much fun. God, thank you for the light. I've had the air knocked out of me before, playing sports or being dumb, you know, and all the other things. And in that moment where you're going... And you can't breathe. When you can finally get that first gasp of air, I've never been so grateful to breathe in my entire life. I've gone like five hours without food one time. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of kidding. But you know, I mean, it's a, I've gone on hikes where I should have brought more water than I didn't. And when you finally take that drink of water, boy, you are so glad that you have that water. We need to start being, reminding ourselves to be grateful for those necessities. And then every time we begin to thank God for those necessities, we also need to thank Jesus for meeting that need in our life. Man, I'm so grateful for the sun. Jesus, I'm so thankful that you are the light of the world. Man, I'm so thankful for the air that I get to breathe. Jesus, thank you for giving us that breath of life. Man, I'm so grateful for this meal. God, I'm so grateful, Jesus, that you are the bread of life for me. Man, that water was so good. Yeah, Jesus, I'm so grateful that you are the living water in my life. See, we need Christ in our lives. He is the one who gave up everything 
to become one of us. He's the one who died on the cross, who became sin on our behalf, so that we would have the opportunity to not have to be separated from God for all eternity. We have to remember that he is a necessity. He can't just be a peripheral. We need to remember that he is a necessity. We need Jesus as much today as the world needed him the day he was born. Right? You know, we're we're moving into the Christmas season and we really need to begin to recognize our need for more of him. Even John the Baptist, he made the comment when he was talking about Jesus, he says, I must decrease so that you might increase. He was saying, I need you more and me less. If we're honest with ourselves, how many of us have actually kind of prayed that prayer recently? Maybe ever. I must decrease so that you might increase. It's not always the easiest prayer to pray. When I'm in church and I'm having a great time in worship, yeah, you bet, God, I just less of me and more of you. Ooh, that's great. What about when you're driving to Durango and that person's driving 40 in front of you? And then as soon as the passing lane comes up, they speed up for whatever reason. <laughs> I'm not bitter or anything, I promise. But it's, you know. But, but we have to be at that point where even in those moments of frustration, that we recognize our need for Jesus more than we did before. Those are usually the easiest times for us to see our need. It's just whether or not we want to admit our need. But we need him. We need Emmanuel, God who is with us. We need the Christ who is the mediator that stands before God on our behalf. We need the Christ who is our high priest, who identifies with all of our struggles, with all of our pains, and with all of our hurts. We need the Christ who is the Savior, who died for us to give us hope. Jesus Christ is a necessity, and we have to start believing and thinking that way. It's always amazing to me how how easy it is for me to see him as a necessity for other people, but not necessarily a necessity for me. Right? You walk into Walmart, they need Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) But we all need Jesus. We need a whole lot more of Jesus. In this season when we begin to be more intentional about remembering Jesus, because we do, we tend to be a lot more intentional about it. But as we are doing that, I want us to also remember our need for him. 
And if, you're never, if you've never seen yourself as someone who needs anybody else, that can be challenging. But the reality is, is that we need him. You need him. I need him. The world needs him. The person driving 40 down the highway needs him. We need more Jesus and we need to be aware of our necessity for him. Does that make sense this morning? He wants to be a lot more than just a peripheral, than something that we take for granted. He wants to be our everything. Let's stand and pray this morning, guys, and we're going to be dismissed here in a moment. After we pray, there will be people up here who would love to pray with you if you need prayer for anything. Otherwise, we're also going to have snacks in the back, and just please stick around and fellowship as well. Father, we love you, and we thank you for Jesus. God, I ask that you would just remind each one of us the need that we have for him in our lives. As much as we need the light, the air, the food, and the water, God, we need Jesus to be the fulfillment of all those things in our life. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just begin to reveal to us all those areas where we have allowed Jesus the Christ to become a peripheral instead of a necessity. I'll just bring those things to our minds so that we can repent and so that we can draw closer to you. God, your word says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So God, we we want to draw near to you because we want you near to us. God, we love you. We thank you. God, I ask that you just bless every family who is here and every family represented here. God, and just keep everyone safe as they go about this week and everything that they do. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you're dismissed, have a wonderful week. Don't forget about the things going on throughout the week, and we will see you all next Sunday.